Come on, let's give the Lord another round of applause for these young men. And Oops, well, I stepped in front of there. Great. Wayne, will you grab somebody, Wayne? Wayne, you grab somebody, we'll grab that podium. Turn to somebody and say, Merry Christmas. Turn to somebody else and say, Merry Christmas. <laughs> the cow up here's got milk on the front of his outfit. <laughs> that is really great. That is really great. So you guys may not realize that uh, the children's ministry is making a difference. And those of you that want to be part of that, um, you feel like that's your calling, we w definitely want you involved in what God has for you. So make sure you contact Jessica about the children's ministry. And again, on, on next Sunday, chili and cookies. I guess it would be a C&C &C Sunday. It could be a Christmas chili and cookies. C, C, C. Never mind. I won't go on about that. Turn to your neighbor and say, we're glad you're here. Turn to your other neighbor and say, we're glad you're here too. I want to, um, when we get started this morning, I just, um, I'd be real quickly, I want to show you something that we've been working on for a few months. It's going to be a few months before we're able to get it up. But um, Kate, if you will, let's go ahead and put up the, where we've developed a new sign for the parking lot. A lot of people have asked us. This is what that's going to look like. And that's, that is going to have a 4 by 8 Dactronics digital sign. So we'll be able to promote everything that's going on. I was joking with Cade that we could probably run the live service right out there. And people drive by and see what's going on inside. So I'm just very thankful for that. Let's give the Lord some praise for that. We've, we've had that. Shelly's been working on that design. It's going to be about, um, it's about, what, 10, 10 foot high, about 14 foot long, and it's going to go right there as a monument sign at the, at the parking lot. So um, that, that being said, continue to pray. You know, there are, there are funds that are needed for it. So if you ever feel like that, that's the Lord leading you to sow into that, sow into it. Just be obedient in him. Amen? Let's give him some more praise for that sign. Shelly's done a great job designing it and and working with those that have designed it. Okay, I want to talk about a gift. Say the gift. Before I do, I want to ask, do we have any readers? Somebody that likes to read quite a bit in here? Okay. I, uh, I'm going I'm uh, to give to the readers. You can have this one here. And I'm going to give this to you, Karen. These are some gifts that we have. If, you, if you're another reader, hold your hand up. I, I wish we could get some to, to all of them. I, I see some others that are around. I've got three more. They're like, she's like, oh, I want one of those. I want to I give one here to Tennille. This is, this is a gift. These are, how many of you enjoyed Pastor Tom's message on Sunday? Amen. Give this to that lady right there that in the black. There you go. And Richard, give this to to that gentleman right back there. I think it's Bob right back there in the back. Okay, guys, um, we'll just pray that the Lord will open up the doors. Tom has written some books, and those are two of his books that he's written. So I just love to give gifts. I love to give gifts. And one of the gifts that we've received is I received the gift of Jesus Christ. I received the gift of salvation. So can we give the Lord some praise for that gift? That That is... The, the greatest gift we could ever, ever receive. 
I'm going to talk a little bit about um, the gift that changes everything, but just to reiterate what the kids had talked about today and what they shared with you, is I believe that every birth is a miracle. Every birth is a miracle. And I believe that Jesus was a child, was a gift of God, and it's a miracle in our lives. So over 2,000 years ago, there was this miracle of miracles that was given to the earth. This was a baby that was born in a manger. This was the one that was the Son of God. This is the time of year that we focus on his birth. And a lot of people just understand and know Jesus just as a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. But I also want you to understand that this babe was divine. He was of human, he was from the Father and the Spirit, and he was from a, uh, the physical human nature of a woman. And Jesus entered into history over 2,000 years ago. He was God in the flesh. And today we're going to talk a little bit about the gift that changes everything. There's a video that I want you to see first. So, Kate, if you're ready for, to do that, Christmas is a season that can be hard and difficult for people. So if, if that's you, we want you to know that there are some difficult times to stay focused on Jesus. Christmas is a holiday of faith, a celebration for those who have received a gift. Christ has come. In Him, God is with us. It's a gift given freely to those least deserving, those guilty of abuse, manipulation, selfishness, and insult. It's a gift of pure grace given to children who mistakenly believe we deserve it. But once we see it, it's a gift that changes everything. Suddenly, marvelously, miraculously, we are able to do what we could not imagine wanting to do. Christmas season can be all caught up in the commercialism of it, commercialism of it all. We want to be able to come back to the root, come back to the grounding of where we are. And a lot of times 
we get caught up in in the gift giving and it becomes more about an obligation instead of the joy that we're to have when we give gifts to others. So I want to take you on a little journey today. I want to take you through the scriptures. If you will, turn with me to Luke chapter 1. Because I want to talk about the gift that changes everything. Say that. The gift that changes everything. Everybody, the gift that changes everything. Sometimes I've received in my life certain gifts for certain things, and it made a difference in my life. Come on. And sometimes we've received gifts in our lives, and it's like, well, it really doesn't matter about this gift itself. We appreciate receiving it. It's kind of like on Father's Day where you might get this tie that you might only wear one time and it might be in your living room where the, where the kids see you put it on and, and you probably wouldn't wear it any other time. But there is a gift that changes everything. And in the busyness of this season, in the busyness of Christmas and the hoopla and the decorating and the parties and the places to go and the lights to see and all these different things, I want us to begin to really focus on the gift that changes everything. So if you have your Bibles, just follow along with me. We're going to start at Luke chapter 1, and we're just going to read through, read through some things. Luke 1, I'm going to start at verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. Look at me just a moment. So here's Mary, and an angel shows up to talk to her. Now, I haven't had that experience. I want to experience that angel to show up to talk to me, and he was bringing some amazing things. I even wrote in my Bible, wow. I wrote it in here. I was like, wow, I underlined it, and an angel showed up, and he comes to Mary. Obviously, he's getting ready to deliver something important. Obviously, he's getting ready to share with her something that is of great significance. Let's go on, verse 29. She was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. In verse 30, the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. Verse 32, 32, he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob, and his kingdom will have no end. Look at me just a moment. In Isaiah, there is a prophecy that talks about it. And we see it on our Christmas cards. And we talk about it in, in shows and the little Christmas shows that you may watch. And it talks about wonderful counselor, prince of peace, mighty God, everlasting father. You remember that? You see it on a lot of your Christmas cards? It says, there shall be no end to the increase of his government. But it wasn't just Isaiah. It was Daniel. 
I'm going to have Kate, if you will, put up Daniel 2.44. Daniel prophesied, and we're going to look at some prophecies in the Word of God, because the Word of God should confirm itself through the Word of God. Daniel chapter 2, verse 44 says, the Lord, says that the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed, nor will it be left to another people. It will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end. Daniel also experienced, and he writes in Daniel chapter 7, in verses 13 and 14, it says, In my vision at night, I looked, and there before me was one like a son of man coming in the clouds of heaven. And Wednesday night, we received some spiritual, supernatural impartation to be able to see things farther than the natural, to be able to see into that spiritual realm. And as we see into that spiritual realm, there's a biblical precedence. Daniel had a vision, and he shares about this vision. He goes on and he says, he approached the ancient of days, which when you read that, that's really about God the Father. This is uh, 7, 13, and 14. He says, he was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All the peoples, nations, and men of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away. And his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. So in Daniel's vision, look at me real quickly. In Daniel's vision... In his vision, what he saw was there was the Father and someone like the Son of God coming up to the Father and the Father taking and all of a sudden imparting to the Son. He imparted him glory. He gave him glory. He gave him authority. He gave him power. He empowered Jesus and he said to Jesus that they're, 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 you have this authority and the peoples of the nation and every language. And guess what happened? They began to worship him. They began to worship him. And this is Jesus. This is in his vision. See, how many of you know that when the angel showed up with Mary, the angel knew what Daniel had seen in the vision many years prior, hundreds of years prior? Sometimes I wonder if it was the same angel, mother. It was the same angel that came to Daniel that came to Mary. So the angel knew. He knew about the words that was spoken long ago and the prophecy being fulfilled. Look back with me in Luke chapter 1. I want to read verses 34 through 38, and let's continue on this journey. Mary's had this angel come to her. That angel was aware of Daniel's words. Now he's beginning to speak forth through Mary. And he tells Mary these greetings, and he says that she is favored. Mary responds in verse 34. Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I'm a virgin? I mean, it's like, hey, I haven't even slept with a guy. How am I going to be able to give birth? And we talk about the supernatural birth that took place. The angel answered her, and he said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child will be called the Son of God. And behold, 
Even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her older age, and she who was called barren is now in her sixth month. And he goes on and he says, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, behold, the bond slave of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your word. Now, if you think about the Bible real quickly, when the angel showed up and talked to Zechariah about John the Baptist being born, John the Baptist, Zechariah, had a negative attitude, and the angel closed his mouth. Mary didn't. She had a positive attitude. She didn't say anything negative to it. She had a positive attitude to it. And it reminds me of the prophecy in Isaiah chapter 7. Kate, if you'll put that up, verse 14. The Lord himself will give you a sign. What's that sign? What's the big deal about Christmas? Isn't it all about presents and bows and, 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 the, and the, the, the Santa Claus and all these other things? But I want you to know that it's being pointed right here. Isaiah is pointing to what's going to take place. How many of you ever said, give me a sign, Lord, give me a sign? <laughs> I'm like, Lord, give me a sign, and there's the speed limit sign. 65. Okay. That's the sign. He says, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin shall conceive and bear a son and will call his name Emmanuel, which is God with us. Turn with me to Luke chapter 2. Let's go to verses 1 through 4 real quickly. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. I struggled with reading this to you because the truth is you should all know this. But if you don't read it or you don't read it out of the Bible and you just hear it from other people or other things, times can pass away and all of a sudden we get away from the real meaning. One of the things I love about the brace tradition is that on Christmas Day in the morning before Eve, when it, before presents are opened, this story is read and the children... The grandchildren sit and they listen to the account of Jesus. It says, In those days, and a decree went out from Caesar Augustus, then in a census being taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone was on his way to register for the census to each in his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the family of David. This right here was a prophecy that we can look back in the word of God and say it wasn't just by mishap or circumstance. This wasn't a made-for-TV movie. This isn't something that somebody has perpetuated on the Internet. It is not only documented historical proof, but this prophet was beginning to point, was pointing to Jesus. And it's Micah 5, like Haggai, the, like that, that book. Sometimes people don't even get into Micah. And Micah, do you know that word, Courtney, is, and Bobby, that word Micah actually means who is like Yahweh? Who is like Yahweh? And actually the word 
Haggai was, it's, it's, um, it means festival. So you think about the seeds that were being sown and the food and the fruit and all the things within the, the barn. It was a festival. That's what that word means too. But let's look at, let's look at Micah 5, 2. Did I give that to you, Kay, to put up? It says, but you, Bethlehem, Ephrath, though you be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall he come forth unto me. That is to be the ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient of time. Do you know, do you realize that in the beginning, when God created, Jesus was there? And Micah the prophet was saying from the very beginning, ancient of days, if I could have some latitude, would be the ancient of times from the very beginning of time. The ruler that he's talking about is Jesus, is the Messiah. Micah accurately predicted Christ's birthplace hundreds of years before he was born in Bethlehem. He was coming from David's line. He's in the lineage of David. There's proof within the word of God today. Let's look back at Luke chapter 2. I want to read 5 through 20. I'm so excited because I begin to start thinking about this wonderful gift that changes everything that was prophesied by Daniel, that was prophesied by Isaiah, that was prophesied by Micah. There's other prophets that continue to point towards this miraculous thing that we celebrate even today. Luke chapter 2, let's, start at, let's look at verse 5. In order to register along with Mary and who was engaged to him and was with child. Let me go back in verse 4 and put them both together. Joseph also went up from Galilee in the city of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the family of David in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. And she wrapped him in clothes, lied, laid him in the manger, because there was no room for them at the inn. In the same region, there was some shepherds staying out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And the angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them. Look at here just a minute. The angel of the Lord. I'm like, is this the same angel? <laughs> it's probably Gabriel. Gabriel was a messenger angel, right? So it might have been Gabriel. Gabriel was pretty busy, even from the times of Daniel and Micah to the times of Isaiah. The angel of the Lord appears and appears to the shepherds. The same angel that was with Mary? I don't know. The Bible isn't really clear on that. We do know that Gabriel was a messenger angel, and this angel was bringing a message. And he goes on, and he and he says, um, which, where am I? Right here. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For today in the city of David, there has been born to you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you that you'll find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with an angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, now here is, here is this angel talking to the shepherds and he brought his choir with him. 
And we wonder about the supernatural. It's all over the word. It's all over the word. And here's this angel. Now I can imagine what must have took place with the shepherds in their hearts because now they're beginning to, they're going to go see this great gift. And he says, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among men whom he is pleased. And the angels had gone away from them into heaven and the shepherds began saying to one another, let's go straight to this Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and they found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby and he was laying in a manger. When they had seen this, they had made known the statement which had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told to them about the shepherds. But Mary treasured all of these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all that they had seen and that they had heard and that they had been told. Look here just a moment. We see a picture of a babe laying in a manger. We see the miracle of miracles that has taken place, that has been prophesied from old. And we can keep this view of this babe laying in a manger. That's our first view. That's the first view of Jesus. But I'm here to challenge you today. Don't let that be the last view. Don't let that babe lying in the manger be the only view that you have of Christ. That's part of what this season is about. We've seen the nativity scenes. We've talked about the birth of Christ. They make wonderful greeting cards and they make wonderful scenes in our yard. If you get a chance, come by our house and see the manger scene. When you turn down the road in, in our, in, to our house, it's going to make a statement. And it's going to be a statement about the greatest gift that's ever come. And it's that gift, it changes everything. It changes everything. This tiny, little, helpless baby. He lived an amazing life. He performed signs and wonders and miracles. Power of God was flowing through him. He died for us. He ascended into heaven. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. And the Word says He's interceding, praying for us right now. Do you know you matter to Him? Your life makes a difference to Him. Don't discount life. Because listen to this statement, all life is important. All life is important. Your life matters to Him. This gift changes everything. It's a gift. It's a gift for sinners. This gift 
It's a gift for the abused. It's a gift for the hurt. It's a gift for the least deserving. It's a gift for the selfish. It's a gift for the arrogant. It's a gift for those that have been abused, those who have been neglected. It is a gift that is for the rich. It is a gift that is for the poor. It is a gift that is for the young. It is a gift that is for the old. It is a gift that God has given us for all ages, all colors, all ethnicity, all races, all people. It's that gift. It's the gift of grace. It's the gift of righteousness. And everybody, this gift should change things in your life. It should change things in your life. This gift has changed things in my life. This gift has given me peace in times of turmoil. This given this gift has given me strength in times of weakness. This gift what I heard this morning will give you hope in times of hopelessness. This is the greatest gift you can ever receive in your life. You could receive a new house or a new car or anything like that. You this gift that he's talking about can change hurt and pain and bring healing. This gift can take you from feeling like a loser bring you into victory. This gift can change you yourself to where you if you're not willing to forgive now all of a sudden you can't help but forgive. This gift that I'm talking about will change everything in your life. It'll turn it upside down if you'll let him. It's that gift that I'm talking about today. The question that I want to ask you, what will they see in you this season? You can receive this gift if you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. This is a gift you can do today. And maybe you're here and you said, "You know, I've received it, but I didn't realize it was a gift." Or maybe you're here today and you're saying, "But you know, pastor, I have messed up in a way that I can't even tell you how I've messed up." I'm here to tell you this gift can reach down farther and longer and deeper than your pain, your hurt, your agony, ag- your disgust, your agony. This gift can reach past all of those things and begin to set you in a place of honor and glory and love and get and, and gather you together with those that are also sharing this gift. Is that you today? Just close your eyes a moment. If you want to bow your head that's fine. But I'm asking you, will you receive this gift today? Will you receive this gift today? Will you receive it today? Every eye closed, please. This gift changes everything.
There's times where I want to not forgive, but I can't help but forgive. There's times where I want to hold something against somebody that's wronged me, but this gift that I've gotten, this Jesus that they've talked about, I just let it go. This gift is for you. If you want to receive this gift, just say, I receive Jesus. Just say it. Everybody, I just, I receive Jesus. I just receive this gift. I receive this gift. I receive this gift. You can get caught up in this season today. You can get caught up in what you think it's supposed to be about. But the true meaning of Christ is this gift that changes everything. You might be here today and you might say, but I've, I've got to give gifts, I've got to give that, and I've got to do this, and I've got to do these things, and all these things you feel like you've got to do. Just receive this gift today. His gift of grace gift of righteousness and while we're still in a mode of prayer I'm going to ask the prayer teams to come on up and just begin to assemble to pray for people today because if you've made this decision to receive this gift for the first time that you've said I've never I never received this but I'm going to receive this gift today we're going to pray We're going to dismiss, and I'm going to ask you to go to the prayer teams. If you're here, maybe you need prayer for a situation. Wow. Do you know somebody who needs prayer? Do you know somebody? I'm just going to ask you to slip your hand up if you know somebody that needs prayer, because I really feel like we need to pray for this person right now. And we can do it corporately. I see the hands all over. I see the hands all over. Okay, you can put your hands down. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that the hearts of your people here today that have the heart to see where others are hurting and others are needing you, that today, right now, we just lift these people up to you. God, we know that uh, we can name them all, but you know them all. We're asking to bring healing, strength, wisdom, revelation right now. We're asking you to work on relationships where maybe they've gone astray. Father, we thank you. I pray for those that are at home that are joining us that need healing in their bodies, healing in areas in their life, all areas in their life. We pray for them right now in the name of Jesus. We pray for the peace of God that transcends all understanding to be on people's hearts and minds today. Thank you, Father. Father, all these names of these people, all the situations that these people were lifting up to you, let it be a sweet-smelling aroma to you. Let you give them strength and wisdom in the difficult times that they may be going through. 
And Father, today, right now, just put your hand on your heart today. The question that I ask is, what will they see in you this season? What will they see in you? I'm not saying this from a condemning standpoint, but to let them see Christ in you. Give blessing. Give gifts, not out of obligation, but because you love them so. Father, I thank you. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. Take a deep breath. Turn to somebody and say, Merry Christmas. <laughs> you know, I got a word from the Lord this morning, and it was Merry Christmas means hope. There's some people who are like, no, I don't want you to say Merry Christmas to me. You know why? Because you're dealing with their hopeless situation that they think is hopeless. So begin to speak hope in those areas. Will you stand to your feet today? Hallelujah. Come on, let's give the Lord a mighty shout of praise or something. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The kids came up and they really told this story. But sometimes we're so caught up in the emotion of, oh, that's my kid. Oh, that's my little darling or grandbaby. That we forget about the story that's really there. Show somebody Jesus this season. Show somebody Jesus this season. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we just thank you. You just release your goodness. You release your hope. You release those during this season. You help comfort those that need comfort. Strengthen those that need strength. And we thank you for this time. We thank you for the babe that was wrapped in swaddling clothes, but he didn't stay there. He grew up. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for the death, burial, and the resurrection of Christ. We thank you that he's seated at the right hand of the Father, ever interceding on our behalf. We thank you that he returns as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We thank you, Lord, that, that you release your hope today in people's lives. Let us be a blessing. Let us be a light throughout these next few weeks in this season in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Hey, God bless you. Have a wonderful afternoon. Wednesday night, we've got a DVD series. We're stepping into his presence. Invite somebody Sunday. We'll see you Sunday morning. God bless you.